India är er världens mest folkrike nation och og så världens störste demokratiska nation. I morgon reiser ambassadör B Balabashkar hem till India från Norge efter att tjänstort här i tre år. Vi har haft oändligt många samtal i timmesvis genom de senaste tre åren, men nu ska vi ha denna avslutande samtalen sammen här i mitt TV-program och jag hoppas att vi fortsätter också i framtiden när han flyttar till India. Följ väldigt gott med. Ambassador Dr. Bala Bashkar, what a day. Today is the day before you're leaving Norway after a three-year tenure as the Indian ambassador here. Thank you for receiving me on your last day. Thank you, Reverend Pastor. I would never have thought when I sent an email to the embassy three years ago that I wanted to come and welcome you to Norway as a Christian pastor that that would lead to all the number of meetings we've had and uh, you've been a guest on my TV show many times and you even led the way for me to go to India. Thank you for all that. Thank you so much. It's a really great uh, pleasure that uh, you found time to visit India and uh, I'm glad that uh, you came with great memories. I think we look forward for your visit again and again to India. Thank you so much. Surely, surely, I, I, I dearly want to come. Now, India is such a vast country, but also such a, a country with such great levels of freedom and opportunity. It's, it's a land of, uh, of opportunity. Yeah, it's a, um, <clears throat> first of all, it is the, right now it is the largest country in the world, and it is the biggest democracy. Uh, you might have heard about recently when uh, our Prime Minister visited the uh, United States, the President of USA said, um, democracy is in, the, is, is in the DNA of India. Yeah. So we have been a democratic uh, society from time immemorial. That is simply because we have uh, hundreds of uh, uh, faiths, hundreds of cultures, hundreds of uh, you know food habits, Climates, you know, languages. I mean, it's a, it's a totally, totally a diverse country. So, and then it's a massive um, uh, population, and then uh, so the the opportunities are proportional. Yeah, and it's fascinating to hear you say about the democracy. And, and you know, there there are there are people who 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 raise issues about India, but I must say. When I was there, I was impressed by the internal debate, the vibrant debate, and all the different views. I mean, there's, I can't think of a country in the world where there's such a free ex freedom of expression. Yeah, you know, the, the, the meaning of uh, diversity is nothing but uh, it's a continuous uh, uh, indulgence of conversation, yeah. you know. 
diversity means it's not that uh, everyone will embrace the equ- same uh, culture or tradition the different culture different tradition different thought processes different uh, philosophies different faiths so uh, for all of them to coexist coexist you need to indulge in a conversation yeah. the debate the conversation they are the hallmark of uh, democracy and also the diversity exactly so the, what is happening in india is uh, exactly that a continuous conversation of different uh, groups of people different philosophies different ideologies different faiths so uh, so that they try to is the continued to they try to understand each other and it is a continuous process exactly i was so impressed when i was in india in january uh you know i i you provided a great program for me but i also requested to meet a few people who were not originally on the program uh and who i found were quite critical of of things in india but there was no objection at all from neither the embassy here or from the cultural center in new delhi or from the government of, of india i mean you it was almost that like you told the driver take him wherever you want he wants to go yeah yeah i mean that is the that is the essence of diversity that is the essence of uh, democracy as i mentioned earlier is part of our culture and heritage and uh, indeed is a part of our dna as i mentioned so we need to there will be different uh, faith beliefs practices cultures traditions and then we need to talk to each uh, each one of them i mean uh, uh, and then try and uh, find uh, a common ground on every issue yeah. i mean this is a continuous process exactly mm. now the legal system in mm. india is really uh, to a large extent based on the british legal system mm. would that be correct yeah it is based on uh, british uh, legal system but over a period of time after uh, independence our legal systems institutions have evolved a lot yeah. and then uh, slowly it has been tuned to our own uh, uh, ethos and uh, um, our belief system so i think uh, uh, we have a very very well developed uh, judicial institutions we have a judicial independence there are uh, a series of um, uh, courts uh, that deliver justice and our supreme court is the supreme in uh, and uh, supreme in uh, deciding the law, law of the land i think they are very very independent and they derive their authority from constitution which is one of the few very few constitutions in, the, in in the world that have been written yeah exactly now even your role as an ambassador mm. is constitutionally based yes uh, you know constitution has a provision for creation of civil services uh, so our service is uh, created from the constitution of india or from article 315 that we derive our authority our functions our service conditions so uh, to ensure that uh, to give us uh, enough autonomy independent in our functions and uh, because our country is so diverse yeah uh, uh this constitution uh, gives that autonomy at the same time puts uh, on us so many checks and balances so that we perform impartially without any fear and also favor to any group any community any uh, faith so our uh, our functions are highly neutral 
and based on the rules and regulations that we have developed over a period of time and uh, function within the uh, spirit and uh, ethos of our constitution. Exactly. Now, uh, you uh, set up a meeting for me with the Indian Society of International Law mm. in New Delhi and I, I spent maybe half a day with uh, seven of the Supreme Court advocates and I was impressed again by mm. the level of free debate mm. and uh, free, uh, overt, overtly free thinking. Yeah. Was, uh, was amazed. Yes, you know, I mean, uh, as I mentioned, you know, uh, it's um, Indian democracy is uh, continuously in conversation, yeah. I think. So, uh, it's quite natural that uh, people have uh, different uh, opinions, but they have a uh, right and uh, privilege to express them openly, to make put forward their viewpoint. You know, it is uh, the different uh, views, different aspects of debate will develop, uh, will get, will become a synthesis and then we become, we develop unity in diversity. That's what called uh, unity in diversity. Yeah. Despite of all our diversities, there is some central line of thinking that is imbued with uh, uh, Indian ethos, Indian values, Indian uh, customs, tradition that are common to everyone. Exactly. And then this debate, dissent and internal discussion, expression of view and expression of uh, different viewpoints are part of this uh, 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 this democratic DNA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I saw statistics saying that, for example, around 1970, uh, Pakistan was stronger financially than India. And I'm not saying this to say th anything negative about mm. other nations, but now India has grown phenomenally eco economically. So you are probably one of the top financially speaking nations in the world. Yeah, I mean, uh, we are, uh, India is, uh, we call it land of talent. If you see all over the world, there are uh, more than 30 million non-resident Indians all over the world. What does it mean yeah. that uh, the, the, uh, the Indian talent is in demand everywhere in, in every part of the world? Uh, they are not only talented people, they are law-abiding citizens, they integrate themselves easily, mm. easily with the societies where they work, in the countries where they work. So they are well respected, they have attained excellence and they have um, uh, been, immense con uh, been making immense contribution in science, engineering, technology, IT, and uh, and any field that you you mentioned. So, with that kind of um, talent, dedication, and then um, uh, the 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 uh, their ability to integrate with the world, yeah. uh, put us on higher pedestal. Exactly. I mean, simply it it take it creates a, a strong basis for us to grow. By the way, one of the uh, great members of the Indian diaspora is in Norway. His name is Himanshu Gulati and is mm. a member of parliament. And he's in Scotland today, mm. but I talked to him on the phone and he told me to say hello and to say bye-bye and he will miss you so much, uh, Ambassador. Thank you, Reverend Pastor. Yeah, Mr. Himanshu is a, a brilliant uh, and young politician. He has a very good clarity of thought and expression. He's very, very, he's well-read. He's very articulate in his approach and I wish him uh, good luck. I'm yeah. sure he will play very important role in another democratic country 
Yeah. How do we? Yeah. You know, I, when I, I had some surgery on my eyes uh, three or four years ago, and uh, as I was rolled into the surgery room, I looked up at the surgeons, and uh, I always asked people where they're from. And they were from India. Mm. So, and they did a good job with me, don't you think? <laughs> you know, uh, Reverend Pastor, in India, our uh, people, they, have only, they always uh, want their children either to become engineer or a doctor. Yeah. This is the average aspirations of every parent in India. So they want to do them well, either they should become engineer or a doctor. So uh, we have that kind of, um, um, you know, ethos uh, that we give uh, top priority for education. The parents like uh, the children to make their own contribution in engineering, science uh, and uh, other, uh, uh, you know, technical uh, fields. Yeah. So, you, you see that, uh, I mean, of late it is very, very, uh, very, very few that they generally go for the other studies. Even, even if they go for other studies, uh, they will go for study first either engineering or medicine and then they shift to other fields. So, this is the general, um, uh, you know, aspiration in India. It is an average aspiration of every Indian. Uh, to be an engineer or a doctor. I, I know that you're an engineer and your, your doctorate is in economics. Yes. Uh, here's a book that I, I have actually managed to read. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm a, I'm a pastor, so it's not my field. Energy, Security and Economic Development in India. It's quite a book. It, it has insight uh, about vast fields. Mm. Um, now, how would you say is the energy situation in India now? You know, we have um, hmm, basically India is an energy deficient country. So, we didn't have, uh, we have uh, some coal, but our coal is not uh, very good for industrial purposes. We didn't have enough petrol, we didn't have enough gas. Uh, so, tradition, these, these were the traditional forms of energy in the past. So, we had to face a lot of challenges in uh, addressing these energy issues because uh, annually we were importing a hundred billion dollar of energy every year. Uh, and now, it might have gone up uh, much more than that, maybe 150, 150 billion dollars or so. So, um, uh, then in, in the recent, uh, you know, in any country's uh, history, uh, if you want to grow economically, uh, you have to um, secure your energy resources. So, my idea of writing this book is to, is to highlight the importance of uh, energy security in rendering economic security, in exactly. rendering economic well-being of the people. So, which many people do not have an idea. Uh, so, I try to create awareness through this book about the importance of energy and the, the choices that we have in Indian energy sector. And then, uh, then I was one of the very few that to, who advocated um, focus on renewable energy sector way back in 10 years, uh, way back uh, almost 10, 12 years back. Yeah. And then now those strategies are uh, becoming more and more uh, uh, prominent. Uh, now we have uh, abundant uh, solar energy, we have hydropower. So, in the coming uh, 
10 years reverend pastor we will be requiring around 500 uh, gigawatt of renewable energy wow right it is enormous demand uh, so i mean uh, and uh, 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 we have to secure this energy for the well being of our people and at the same time uh, reverend pastor it is very important also for a big country like india that our energy uh, we have to provide energy to our people we have to ensure energy security but uh, that energy security also to be provided at the affordable prices yeah. that's very important because in a big country like like india uh, ultimately somebody has to pay yeah. for this yeah. and considering the massive population and it's still an underdeveloping country uh, with several pockets of uh, underdevelopment uh, we cannot afford to go for uh, for luxury uh, in uh, in developing our energy resources our energy have to be affordable and that's what we are uh, trying to do that's what uh, i think we have abundant uh, solar energy but then there are challenges in the energy sector storage is a big challenge because of the huge variations in climate uh, we have abundant uh, solar on the daytime but uh, you can get disruptions because of rains yeah. uh, so storage has become a big challenge yeah. if we could develop the smart grid and also decentralized uh, grids then i think uh, we will not only develop uh, energy security on our own with renewable energy sources but we can also provide energy to the rest of the world amazing uh, our mutual friend uh, eric solheim uh, the famous former under secretary of the united nations for the environmental department uh, he sent me a link uh, a couple of days ago saying that india is about to become the green superpower of the mm. world mm. it's quite amazing yeah, I know. I mean, uh, we are not very comfortable in using terms like superpower and all. <laughs> yes. But definitely India is a very big country. India is the country that, um, that feels that, you know, um, you cannot grow in isolation. You know, we believe that world is one family. And then uh, we believe in a collective growth and development. No country can grow in isolation, right? So, we have this policy of sharing our knowledge, sharing our thoughts, sharing our technology, sharing even our uh, skills all over the world through 30 million diaspora that uh, I mentioned. So, we believe in uh, collective growth and development and uh, uh, that is what uh, uh, we have been advocating and we have been practicing. Exactly. Now. Um when your tenure in Norway ends tomorrow, and actually I'm, I'm a bit sentimental, I'm watching uh, the, the big uh, chart here showing uh, the ambassadors of India in Norway through uh, many years since 1957, and it says here from June 27, 2020 until, and the date is open, which will probably then say June 30th or July the 1st of 2023, Dr. B. Bala Bashkar. Uh, so, what do you see yourself in now? Do you intend to continue as an ambassador in another country or 
How do you see your role in the future, sir? No, I'm um, uh, right now. I'm going back to India, and uh, we will have to see how, uh, what are the opportunities, and then uh, we will uh, accordingly take steps. But uh, I have enjoyed my tenure in Norway. It's a great uh, um, uh, tenure. I mean uh, that assignment. Although I was, uh, I didn't have much uh, understanding about this Nordic region before I came. But I, after coming here, I discovered that it has got its unique uh, strengths, unique uh, character, unique uh, uh, ethos that are different from other parts of the world. And I am happy that I got opportunity to discover this part of the world, and particularly uh, the Norwegian society, which are very, very, um, you know. Uh, very rational people, mm. and uh, uh, they—I uh, mean—they always uh, uh, come up with very candid views, and they don't have any prejudices against anyone. They are not easily carried away by misconceptions or uh, uh, miscarriages. So they take a quite uh, practical and independent view. I mean, that is something. Which I have not uh, come across in the past, so I'm very happy that uh, I got an opportunity to serve here and uh, know many Norwegians who are great, including you. And uh, I have the privilege of um, knowing you, Reverend Pasta. You have been so, uh, although you are a religious person, but your worldview is very, very uh, bigger and very diverse. And then you, you believe. That every faith has a place in this world, and uh, I'm happy that you are always you are continuously indulging in uh, in promoting uh, harmony, interfaith dialogue, uh, respect to other faiths. I think these this is these are the qualities that the world are world is increasingly missing. So I'm happy that uh, you have been uh, very active. You have been active and in the forefront of uh, promoting. Uh, World peace, harmony, interfaith dialogue, respecting other religions, other faiths, and then uh, uh, see unity in diversity. So I'm very glad that uh, you know. I mean, we need uh, people like you to for in this uh, in this world. World is becoming very complex. Uh, people are facing increasingly many challenges. So many people have been uh, uh, shelterless, homeless. Internally displaced, uh, so I think uh, we need uh, people like you to to give that uh, moral and spiritual strength to the people to face the challenges that they are confronted with. So I'm glad that uh, uh, you also gave me an opportunity to uh, to express my views and share my thoughts with you at uh, several times. And uh, we hope to continue uh, our dialogue in future also. Thank you so much, uh, Ambassador uh, Bashkat. Thank you. It's a great honor for me. Thank you so much, Reverend Pastor. All your experiences from Norway, especially now, and also your, all your previous nations, mm. uh, I would hope at least that if you stay in the capacity in Delhi, that you will be available for connecting our nations. Yeah, you know, we are, uh, once you are a diplomat, means you are a diplomat forever. I mean, diplomacy is not only uh, just holding a position, it is a sharing of knowledge, sharing of the worldview, 
and uh, putting things in perspective, understanding the developments uh, and then trying to try to um, share with other people, other scholars. So, it is a continuous uh, indulgence. Diplomacy is an act of continuous uh, indulgence uh, in seeking the knowledge, understanding the world, connecting the world as you said. So, this, uh, this role will uh, continue Reverend Pastor wherever we are and in whatever capacity we are. Uh, we have seen so much world and we are carrying so much of experience. So, we will we'll have to, it is our duty to put to use exactly. the knowledge that we gain, the experience that Amen we gain and then the, uh, and uh, connect people that we met and encourage dialogue, encourage uh, conversation. So, it is a continuous process and there is no retirement for that. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that is uh, powerful words actually, Ambassador Dr. Bashkat. Uh, of course, you have two children who are now grown up and they're studying one in Norway now and mm. another in America. Uh, do you plan to assemble them all in Delhi now? No, I mean I give them freedom. Uh, our daughter is in United States and uh, she, she has been, both our children have been global uh, citizens because they have been studying all over the world. Um, so, I want to, I want them to be to be like that as true global citizens, work for the, uh, you know, world community in wherever they are and whatever capacity are and they are the, being the children of diplomat, I think they should uh, retain that character and um, um, excel in their own fields. Exactly. So, I, I, I cannot tell anyone, you know, because they do not belong to, uh, in reality they do not belong to any country, I mean they they are global citizens. Yeah, exactly. Well, Ambassador Dr. Bala Bashkar, such an honor to get to know you, have you even on my TV show one more time. And I say thank you on my behalf, my wife, our baby, and I even dare say on, a, on behalf of our people, the Norwegian people. Thank you, Reverend Pastor, and it's really, really wonderful knowing you and wonderful uh, um, um, uh, that you you are, you know you have been taking active lead in uh, promoting indian Norway relations and also uh, contributing for the greater understanding understanding of india in norway that is very very important because uh, i mean a large number of norwegians do not have a um, greater understanding of India because India is a very diverse country and a vast country. Uh, so, I mean they are they are very very curious uh, to discover India. I think you are playing a great role in that uh, in in fulfilling some of those aspirations. Thank, Thank you, you Reverend Pastor. Thank you Ambassador. Thank you so much. One more Thank time. You. Thank God you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Safe Thank travel you. tomorrow. Thank you. Bye bye.
Jeg synes det er så fantastisk når folk har korset på seg. Jeg går veldig mye med dette korset her. Det er nådekorset, og det er jo et tomt kors. Så det er ikke bare korset med den lidende, døende Jesus på, men det er det oppstandelseskorset, det er nådekorset, heter det der konkrete. Så enten jeg møter muslimer, buddhister, taoister, hinduer, så vet jeg, bare de ser korset mitt, så forstår de at dette er et budskap jeg tror på, og han som jeg tror på, han lever. Det er Jesus Kristus.